Hey, everybody. I'm excited to wrap up season four, episode 10 with this wonderful conversation with Evie. But before we do that, I also wanted to share that we are wrapping up the nervous system reset challenge that's happening on the optimized wellness community this week. And that has been so amazing to watch these women apply these daily tools into their routines throughout the day so that they can shift their nervous system, which is a very key component into making any kind of change or going after any kind of goal. We've got to be able to manage our nervous system as part of it. So it's also kind of a sneak peek into the Deep Transformation program. And that program is broader 12-week program where I teach you the exact steps in my bioneuro blueprint process to be able to enact any kind of health and wellness goal or make a relationship change or a business change, like whatever you happen to be wanting to shift yourself into, this is the process by which to do it. So this is just a reminder that the enrollment closes for that program next Friday on the 27th of January. So if you're interested, there will be a link in the show notes or below this video. Click on that link and get yourself enrolled. We'd love to have you. Now let's get into the episode because Evie and I had such a great time coming up with this in and out list. So have a listen. Welcome to the Widely Optimized Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Terea Rodriguez, and I'm joined by the lovely co-host, Evie Tackett. Both of us are functional diagnostic nutrition practitioners, and we love working with women from all over the world through our virtual programs, helping women not only feel better, but actually achieve that vibrant, no-holds-barred version of themselves they've been missing for a long time. And how we actually get there? Well, that is what this show is all about. Now, please keep in mind that this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. And if you like what you hear today, we would love for you to hit that follow button, leave a review in Apple podcast, share with your friends and keep coming back for more. Let's start today's adventure, shall we? Okay, we made it to season four, episode 10 of the Wildly Optimized Wellness Podcast. And this is going to conclude the first four seasons that we had intended for the first year of Wildly Optimized Wellness. We actually launched this almost exactly a year ago. So that's kind of fun and exciting. Yes. Yeah. So much has happened over the last year. And just a quick note, we are probably not going to do seasons moving forward, but we are moving forward with the Wildly Optimized Wellness Podcast. You're just going to see new episodes release on a regular basis. So yeah, we're going to stop numbering it as seasons and just go forward and go with the flow, which sounds great to me. So today... We kind of wanted to talk about some things that we've been seeing in the wellness and health industry, some things that are in, some things that are out, and just kind of follow along with that meme that's floating about the interwebs right now. But Evie, in the last, I don't know, several months, what what are you considering? What's in? What have you seen has become in? And what have we been focusing on too? Yeah, well, it's really cool because in making this list and thinking about it, I'm like, the things that I would consider in are things that we've actually talked about mostly on this podcast. So it's worked out nicely. One of the first things that came to mind for me was cold exposure. I think that's really in. 
I think that's not just for athletes anymore or like professional athletes. You know what I mean? Like that's definitely become more mainstream. So I'd say that's a really big one that's in and that you and I covered on the podcast last year and that you and I both do regularly. So that's one of my biggest ones that I would consider being an in right yeah, now. Yeah, I would agree. You know, I posted a little bit in my Instagram stories this last week and I get more and more comments each time I post something as simple as getting in a bathtub with just straight up cold water. It doesn't have to be, you know, with ice or anything else. And it's been fun to see how many people are starting this as a means to help benefit their health from lots of different ways. So, yeah. you know, if anybody has questions about what we covered in that podcast, we'll definitely include it in the show notes. And if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm sure our editor will put something somewhere in one of the corners on that episode as well. But yeah, cold plunge and cold exposure. I'm super excited here in Central Oregon. There's even new companies popping up with cold plunges showing up at health clubs and gym memberships. There's a company called 541 Social Club here in Bend, Oregon, that they have this cool flatbed trailer that's got both a sauna and a cold plunge on it. So you can do contrast therapy. Like, I'm so over the moon with that's it. So yeah, cool. it's so fun. So, yeah, cold exposure. And I can see why, because it's such a benefit to metabolism and nervous system and inflammation, reducing that inflammation. There's so many things about it. So, yeah. What's out as a contrast to uh -huh. that one? <laughs> <laughs> one of the first things that I was thinking about was, I don't know if it's a direct contrast to this, but what I think is out is over-exercising. Yeah. And I've seen this in my own self over the years. You know, I have a history of under-eating, over-exercising. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, you know, I'd be in a caloric deficit, so I'd be dieting. And then I'd also be over-exercising, which looked like doing pretty intense lifting of weights about four to five times a week, maybe six, with, you know, three to four hit interval, so high-intensity interval training sessions sprinkled into that. That's a lot for someone who's not eating and recovering properly because I wasn't. I was just you know, a teacher at the time and just wanted to be healthier and ended up doing the opposite of that. But that's a whole other story. But for me, I am seeing this trend overall of there's more awareness of it of like, oh, like maybe I don't need to be doing Orange 3 five days a week. And I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it. Like I know people don't want to hear that, but every time it's like, we have new clients come to us and they're like, yeah, I'm really burnt out. I'm fatigued. I'm this and that. I'm not, I'm bloated and this. It's like we start to get into, well, what, what are you doing? And then it's like, oh, you're doing a lot all the time. And like, yeah, I know it's a great workout and you sweat and you burn and ooh, that feels so good. But like your adrenals are suffering and like that's why your digestion sucks. And so, you know, someone's got to say it. So yeah, sorry, but that is not the way to go. That is totally out. We're not doing that anymore. We've got to take care of our adrenals. We've got to take care of our digestion, our hormones, all of that. So the over-exercising is out. Yes, I agree. Uh, which includes things like going to hot yoga all the time. I do. I see the same thing. You know, I talk to a new client who's suffering from fatigue and we get into everything that they're doing. And the next thing you know, you know, they've signed up for some kind of competition. So they're on a training program or they're trying to, you know, they're trying to do the right thing. So I'm not faulting them for trying to do the right thing. Their intentions are good. But what can happen is we too often think 
go big or go home, right? And it's all or nothing. And so I have to do the full series or I have to do the full CrossFit workout. And that's not necessarily the case. So I think people are starting to really move into having that awareness of their body and starting to pay more and more attention to recovery. And I see this a lot with other practitioners in our space too. They're saying the same things we are in terms of that. Yeah, definitely. Something that I've noticed is in a lot, and we've talked about this on the podcast too, the list last year are both functional mushrooms and microdosing of mushrooms. That is yes. definitely an in thing. We're probably going to have Willis come back on and talk more about the microdosing piece of it and the, the psilocybin piece of it. But the functional mushrooms are, it, it, I mean, I think you kind of have to live under a rock to not notice how many products now have functional mushrooms in them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's pretty much in everything that I see. It's mud water, like a lot of the supplement compounds are having functional mushrooms in them. I love them Mm -hmm. to death. Mm -hmm. I think they're great. I love the benefit that I feel from them, from using like cordyceps and lion's mane on a regular basis. So that's definitely an in thing. What are your thoughts? I love them. I mean, I had known about them, you know, for a few years, but I didn't quite know the depth of what their medicinal properties were. I just knew like, oh, this is a new thing. I'm going to try it. And oh, I, I, okay, I noticed a difference. That's cool. But since talking to people like Willis and you and I going deeper into it, definitely see how beneficial it is. And I'm glad that it's an in thing. I'm glad that it's, well, it's, you know, readily available to a lot of different people, a lot of different stores, a lot of different products. I've certainly noticed a difference. I just started actually doing a an adaptogen blend in my coffee today just with like some stressful seasonal stuff and just like winter and so it's definitely something that I utilize and that you and I are big proponents of. Yeah, I'm curious. Do you know what's in your adaptogen blend that you're adding to your morning beverage? There is um there's definitely ashwagandha in there. I want to say there's like moringa. I want to say there's maybe some reishi. I can't remember the exact, but those might be the big 3 that I have. Mm-hmm. And then also I've been doing reishi in the evening as well cuz that is very relaxing. So Tere and I really like doing the cacao and reishi mix. We found this one mix when we were together in Ohio and I went and bought it and it's just a nice little nightcap. So I've been doing that in the yeah. evenings. Yeah, wonderful. In the morning, I've been doing cordyceps and reishi and lion's mane. Mm, And that's what I've been adding to my morning beverage. And that can be Mm -hmm. some days it's coffee and some days it's chocolate and some days it's tea and some days it's just the mushroom compounds right? that I'm adding into that morning beverage. What have we seen is out in that like supplement space? I think an emphasis on B vitamins is out. (laughs) I haven't seen a huge emphasis on B vitamins lately. Yeah, that's true. That and then I'd also even say, I'd say multivitamins are out in a way. Like, yes, I mean, I think there are some great ones out there for sure, but like the ones that you're seeing at the grocery store are most likely not it. Those are out, you know, there's such low doses of things, and we're ingredient snobs anyway. So it's like, are they third party tested? Like, what is the efficacy of these? So we would definitely say that multivitamins are out. Yep. And just again, it's more of like, let's get the concentrated dose, or maybe let's get an actual, like, really efficacious multivitamin from a trusted brand that we use regularly anyways. What I've seen come in its replacement, and I'm really kind of a proponent for it, is whole food. I want to say complex, but it's not in a pill form. It's whole foods put together in a way so that you are getting 
all of your vitamins. And so we've seen a big push in athletic greens, and then there's these little cube things. Do you remember what they're called? Yeah, I don't know what they're called, but they're things that you like add to smoothies or like you can blend with something, right? Yeah, or you can, I guess, just gnaw on it. Oh, it's like, okay. It's got, um, I'll have to think about what it is for a second, but it's a little cube and I see it oftentimes competing with athletic grains. Athletic mm-hmm. grains is a green powder that you put in water and drink. And then this one is a competitor to it. It's like a little chewable cube. And I think it's got a bunch of seeds and adaptogenic herbs in it and those kinds of things. So, but we're using the whole foods as a way to get our vitamins, which is exactly what you and I talk about with our clients anyway. It's like we would Mm -hmm. much rather get the nutrients that we need from our food as opposed to a pill. Yeah, exactly. And that's something actually as we're talking about this, this is another thing I'd add that is in in relation to this is IV therapy. Oh, yes. That's something that, I mean, it's been around. It's not Mm -hmm. new to the world, but it's new, I think, to mainstream of and like just the general public of now there's all these little boutiques opening up of, um, you know, hydration therapy and IV therapy. And I got into that last year and I actually really like it. You know, there's different blends and different cocktails, if you will, of what you can get. But that's another way that people are, I think, supplementing not as not daily, but supplementing to some degree with their vitamins is through the hydration boosting IV therapy that's out there. Yeah. And in terms of like a delivery mechanism, it's a bit more efficacious because you're going straight into the bloodstream from that standpoint, as opposed to going through the digestive tract. And if anybody's got any kind of GI issues or digestion issues, or, you know, not not having a good, you know, GI lining prevents us from taking up those nutrients. And if we can't digest it very well, we're not going to take up the nutrients either. So it actually is a little bit more efficacious if yeah. you're not needle adverse. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the needle goes in at first and then it's just a little, I forget what it is, like a catheter. It's just a it's little a plastic thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, the needle isn't there the whole time. No, it's not. But yeah, I know that can definitely be a hindrance for some people. Yeah. Do you find that the IV therapy is cost prohibitive? That's something that I've heard people say is that, oh, it's really expensive or, oh, it's only for those people who can afford it. I think it can be depending on the person and what you're already spending your money in and what you're investing in. I mean, this is not something that I do regularly by any means. You know, I think I was at a rate of maybe once a quarter last year, which Mm -hmm. I know at that point, it's like, oh, you should do it more regularly. But it always felt like a little bit of a boost or a little bit of a treat or, you know, around the wintertime, I went more often. And before I traveled, I got one. So that seems more supplemental to me in that way. But yes, I do think cost can be a hindrance because they can range anywhere from like 190 to $350, depending on what you're getting. Mm-hmm. But you have to make that decision of, is that investment worth it? And then it's up to you to look into that and see, okay, is this something that you know, what are the lasting effects? How much money, like, does this make sense financially? So I think that's up to the person. But yes, it's not something like it's 20 bucks, you go and pop in and you get a full thing of vitamins. Like it's definitely an investment in that way. Right. I guess it's one of those things that I would just akin to, you know, put it in your toolkit or your bag of stuff that you've got to help you with recovery and relaxation and that kind of thing, because it's about the same cost as a 60 minute massage. Yeah. So, you know, it could be considered that or it could be about the same cost as, I don't know, 
something else. Yeah. I would say a pedicure, but that's a very expensive pedicure, <laughs> depending <laughs> upon where you're going. Yeah, <laughs> so definitely. maybe, you know, a punch card of pedicures. You could yes. equate it to that. So yeah. What else have you been noticing is in or out in terms of what's going on lately? I think this, on the flip side of what I said is out of over-exercising, I think the acceptance of rest is in. This is huge. And what I mean by that is, you know, there is this hustle culture and I am absolutely a part of it at times. And I'm, I don't want to say I'm guilty of it because I do think that to some degree as a business owner, you have to be in that and you have to know when to be in that and when to pull yourself out of it. But I do think that overall, there's this understanding of like, wow, rest is also part of the process and rest is part of success. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like you rest when all of it is over. You have to be resting intermittently throughout your path to success in order to really support yourself. And so that's something I'm noticing that is in and more accepted. And it's not so much like, well, you're lazy. It's like, no, well, this is actually part of what needs to be done in order for me to get to the next level. I love that people are normalizing rest and recovery. Mm -hmm. And I think this is something that became really, really clear to us during the pandemic or the height of the pandemic, I should say, when it first came about is people not knowing how to slow down, Yeah, right? We had just gotten to this place in society where everything was about productivity and efficiency and sleep when I'm dead mentality. And that really got a lot of people into pretty dire health consequences as a result. And while this is something that is, I guess, memeable in, <laughs> on social media in terms of bringing this to the forefront of making it okay for people to rest, I think really it takes a lot of digging deep and looking at how do we give ourselves permission to do that. And for some people, that's easy. And for some people, that's harder to do. And so, yeah, this is something that I love because without that balance, we're not going to be able to achieve the great things that humanity is going to need to achieve in order to make it on this planet. So we have to be able to pace ourselves and be able to give ourselves that space for rest and recovery. And I think our clients are benefiting from this being kind of a, an in thing, you know? I agree. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I'm a fan of this one. It's something that we talked a lot about at the retreat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know that you and I had talked about or we talked about as a faculty group of making sure that the retreat was a space for the attendees to be able to experience what that looked like. Yeah. And there were a couple times where several of them, you know, they wanted to jump up and help or they wanted to do something because they just weren't used to the rest piece. Yeah. And I think it does take a community of people to help us move this in the direction that we need to and support each other. And remind each other that it's okay to rest. Mm -hmm. It's okay if you're not operating at that top hustle, you know, efficiency and productivity all the time. That's just not how we're designed to be. So I'm excited yeah. for this one a lot. Yeah, me too. Me too. What else are you seeing that's either in or out? I'm seeing less emphasis on elimination diets. And maybe this is just the world in which I live. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to be really careful about the experience bias here. But I'm seeing less and less in terms of, oh, let's push this particular diet on people and more so, you know, helping people find what is a diet that works for them? What are their current goals? What works for them? While some diets are great in the short term, I think taking them to the longer term extreme 
in the long term hasn't been super helpful. And I think a lot of people are starting to figure that out. So there isn't as much of a push of like, okay, it's January, let's start a brand new diet and make it completely different and get rid of all of these things. I think for some people, we're starting to see, oh, it's January, let's go back to balanced eating and not, you know, having so many sweets or whatever we indulged upon over the holidays. So I think that's kind of on its way out. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of that. I haven't seen like the whole 30 or like paleo, like I haven't seen a lot of that stuff. But again, maybe that's just the world that we live in and we've kind of filtered ourselves out of it. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I get if you're listening, let us know if that's actually happening and we're just not in that. <laughs> so. I do know that whole 30 did happen. It's just I'm not seeing it as pervasively as I did before. And yeah, maybe this is the world that we've gotten ourselves living in. And well, everybody who's listening, welcome to our world. Yes, yes, yeah. I think in the same breath as that, of like that stuff being out, I'd say that food sensitivity tests are also out. Please, I'm not really, for the love of God, can we be done with those? And especially the like at-home ones that you order online. Like, let's please not do that. I mean, Tere and I have access to some to ones that I think are better than that, but we even are still not proponents of that as functional medicine practitioners. Yeah. And I'm starting to hear less and less requests of, well, can we do a food sensitivity test? So hopefully that is continuing to be on the out. Yeah, I hope so too, because you know the overall emphasis that both you and I like to have with our clients and like to teach our clients to think about is that, yes, food is important. It's always going to be important what we put in our body, but it's not the only lever that we have. There's so many other aspects that go into health and wellness that if we're only focusing in on what foods we're sensitive to or what food did I eat that caused my symptom that I experienced this morning, we're missing the whole forest for the trees. So I think we're starting to get to a place where we're seeing less and less of that. Mm-hmm. But speaking of tests that are available via consumer, it is January as we're recording this. And the CES show in Las Vegas is happening, the Consumer Electronics Show. And there are a lot of wellness biometric devices that are coming out. Have you seen Withings new device that is urinalysis in your toilet? No. <laughs> it's this little like puck thing that you'll be able to place into your toilet to capture the stream. And that apparently will give you some urinalysis of what's going on for you each day. So I'm starting to see more and more of that kind of stuff, bringing a lot of the elusive markers that we see that you and I normally get or that doctor's offices can get, bringing those directly to the consumer. I guess the caution statement that I just want to say about these things is, yes, they're new and they're cool and they're gadgety. So your mileage might vary, right? Just let's make sure that we get this thing tested and validated and that we start to see some actual accurate results on these things. So Mm -hmm. just be careful what you invest your money in. But yes, there's lots of those things being announced right now. Okay. I have not heard about that one, but I'm I'm not surprised, but I just haven't seen that. Yeah. I'll put put a link in the show notes so that people can see it. It was announced. I don't think it's available quite yet, but you know, yeah, all these companies are wanting to get ahead. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Anything else? Uh, You tell me is, I mean, I feel like we've hit on a lot of the ones regarding health, wellness, Mm -hmm. anything else that we've missed that might be in or out. This is kind of related to wellness in the sense that we know that having a strong social network is important. Being able to have that 
community and connection with other people is important. And so something that I've seen that is more in is starting to respect other people's cultures and ideas and beliefs and trying to make an actual connection with people and understand where they're coming from, which I think is really great because the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of divisiveness. We've seen sides, political sides, health sides, vaccination sides. Like Mm -hmm. We've seen a lot of division And I like that this is becoming more of an in thing that we're starting to get more curious about each other and about other experiences, right? And other cultures. So that kind of inclusivity, I I really like that as being an in thing. Mm -hmm. When my goodness, we'd hope, I mean, this is America, right? After all. So we'd hope that there would be some of that. But yeah, I love that. I obviously love that because, I mean, I love sharing the culture that my family has and where my parents are from. And so definitely is a huge part of my life. And when people are interested in that and want to know about more about it, that always lights me up. So definitely. Yeah. And it's nice to learn about other people too. And what I love so much is that you've taken that concept and you've expanded on it probably 100 fold because you are hosting a retreat in Greece to introduce people to Greek culture, which is so amazing. Do you want to say a little bit about it? I know it's full, (laughs) but I think people should hear about it anyway, Yeah, because maybe if it's successful, you'll be having mm, another one. Yeah, that would be amazing. Um, Yes, I'm hosting a holistic reset retreat in Greece. So same concept about that we did in Hawking Hills this past December. But I had always wanted to like bring some friends to Greece, right? I was like, oh, this will be fun like as an adult now. And it was just always on my bucket list, but I didn't quite know when or how or what I would do. And this past summer when I was there, I had this moment of like, why shouldn't I do this now? You know, why not at least try? And so I created this retreat and this is going to be on the island where my mom is from. So somewhere that I'm very familiar with, my family is there, my friends, you know, that I grew up playing with in the summer times are there. So it's really interesting and I want to make it immersive into what it's really like to live there. So we'll be walking the village streets, we'll be talking to neighbors, we'll be eating local cuisine, we'll be doing, you know, some touristy excursions, but, you know, not much. I want it to feel very much of like, this is how people live in this part of the world. And I know America is home to a blue zone as well, but Greece is home to a blue zone. So, you know, what is this culture? What does this look like? Why are people living longer with less, dare I say, resources than we have, you know, like, yeah, what is going on here? Why like, why are they healthier than we are in our late years? And so I, I think it's really important for us to be exposed to different parts of the world and different cultures and cuisines and lifestyles. And I always learn something new that I take away and bring back when I return from Greece. And so I'm hoping that the participants get that too. So it's a little bit of a selfish personal thing for me, but I'm also very excited that I get to share this with people and they get to experience you know, what I what is such a big part of my life and what drives a lot of the way that I live and the way that I interact with other people. That is so great. And as you were talking, I was really thinking about another thing, got reminded about another thing that is kind of becoming in, which is in-person experience. We've had so much time (laughs) sheltering at home and being sequestered away, you know, from the pandemic that I think people are really craving that in-person experience. And as a result, you and I have created multiple experiences that are happening this year. Yeah. Let's talk about your other two retreats, and then I'll talk about the retreat that I'm hosting that'll be available so that people kind of know what's coming up because they're yeah. 
I love these experiences of being able to connect with people in person. There's something so special about that. Yes. So what else do you have cooking under your... Uh, uh well so the grease retreat is in july again that is full but there is a wait list so if you would like to be on the wait list feel free to reach out i can add you all i need is your number your email and your name and then i have two other holistic reset retreats set in place it's going to be april and december both of those are going to be in hawking hill so if you followed us on social media you know that we were there in december same concept as that same cabin, same workshops, you know, things like that. So those are available. The dates are going to be listed on my website and also on my social media. So feel free to just, you know, keep up to date on that. But I'd love to have you. Spots are much more limited on that because of the space. But if you're local to Ohio and this is more feasible for you, I'd love for you to join and hang out with us and get to experience this in person. Yeah. So those holistic reset retreats that will be in Hawking Hills, we will include a link in the show notes for those. I'm doing two in-person experiences this year. One is going to happen in July as well, which is open for graduates of the Deep Transformation Program. That program was such a great experience last fall, and we're doing another run that starts January 30th, so like in a couple weeks. And that's a 12-week program, and we get together as a small group online, but a lot of us really wanted to have that in-person experience. So there will be an advanced deep transformation in-person experience that'll be happening in July. And I've got a wait list for that that I'll include in the show notes. And then the Wilderness Reset Retreat is happening in Central Oregon this year. That's going to be October 18 to 22. And that is going to give you an opportunity to reset yourself with the help of nature and being out in the wilderness. And I'm super excited. I finally got to go tour the property that it's going to be on, which is smack dab in the middle of Deschutes National Forest and these beautiful cabins right along a river. It's just going to be gorgeous. So that is also happening. Evie's going to be joining me at that retreat this year. Yeah. We've got lots of really fun activities planned for that one. So that too, the link for that one will be in the show notes as well. So I think that's something that people are really craving is just being able to get together. And I'm seeing a lot of retreats pop up. And so something we wanted, so we created it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for it. It's I think it's different to, we have the connections on social media and now I think it's almost like we're going back to before social media was a thing and it's like, I want to connect with these people in person. Like yeah. I want to be face to face with these types of people that are like-minded. We we love the same things. So it's nice to be able to foster that and then selfishly we get to enjoy it too. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So anything else? I don't, I don't think so. I think we got it. No, I think we got a good, we got a pretty good list. I think that's a good one to start with. We'll see, you know, as the trends continue or stop and we'll see, maybe we can do a check-in halfway through the year and see what's still in or what is out or that's what right. maybe crept back in. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, great. Thanks so much. We'll see you all next time. Hey, Terea here. And I wanted to give you a quick update on the Wildly Optimized Wellness Podcast because we're shaking it up a little bit. We are moving towards a regular release schedule. So every other week for the public, we will be releasing a podcast episode. You can find it on your favorite player. There is no change to you whatsoever. We are also releasing weekly content, and that is going to go towards the Optimize Wellness membership community. So if you want to become part of the community, not only will you have access to exclusive episodes of the Wildly Optimized Wellness podcast, but you'll get free seminars, you'll find a like-minded community of women that are totally supportive and amazing, 
We have exclusive workshops. We've got teachers coming in to teach different topics. We've got challenges. We've got a lot of things going on over there, and we would love to have you join us over at the Optimized Wellness Community. So the link for that is going to be in the show notes or it's going to be below this video, and we really hope that you join us over there to receive all of the episodes of the Wildly Optimized Wellness Podcast, and we will see you at the next episode. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Wildly Optimized Wellness Podcast. If you are ready to dig deeper into your health, stop playing the wackest symptom game, start testing to get better guidance, you can find more about Terea at tereyarodriguez.com and you can find Evie at holisticallyrestored.com. Want to peek into what it's like to work with us? Come join us at our Optimized Wellness community. You can find the invitation link in the show notes below. And if you have a question for the show, you can submit your question under the podcast section of TereaRodriguez.com. Finally, if you found something helpful in this episode, don't forget to leave a review, hit that follow button, or share it with a friend. They're going to love that you thought of them. Until next time, see you outside. <laughs>